0: Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.
1: This
2: is Sunday Edition with Anthony, a news magazine show featuring human interest, in the spotlight, movers and shakers, and the news and happening that affects all of us in and out of the ACB community. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Sunday Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Corona, and it is good to be back. Some of you know that last week, BPI Blind Pride International had its first ever virtual convention, so I re-ran a powerful show. And this week we will be talking again about losing sight midlife, focusing a little bit more this week on um, re- uh, resources, tools, and how to how to best maximize what you need and where to get it. Um later on in the show I'll be talking with Shane Lowe about the apps SuperSense and the brand new app Super Light R, which if those of those of you out there who have gotten the uh generation twelve of iPhones know that the camera and the software has amazingly uh, progress to a point where we can have visual vision recognition and um, object recognition, et cetera, et cetera, through our cameras and super light R is a new app that takes advantage of that technology. So that's later on in the show. I want to encourage everybody who may not have registered or checked out, um, acb.org with uh, the leadership week agenda imperatives. Um, and if you haven't registered, I urge you to go and um, add your voice and register because this year it is all virtual. And these folks behind the scenes, Clark Rockfeld and and the advocacy team, as well as your state teams are all working very hard to make this a very successful event. And what we need is numbers. We need voices. We need faces. Um, It will all be done via zoom this year. So it will be interesting to see, you know, how these meetings actually end up taking place. But if you are not registered, if you haven't checked it out, please go to acb.org slash advocacy and um, check it out and please register. So losing sight midlife. I wanted to start off by by painting a little picture um, before we, we get into the conversation with Tyson. And I think there's probably very few people in the world who are not familiar with the movie The Wizard of Oz. And I wanted to to tell a little story, paint a little picture using the Wizard of Oz as a as a, a base. Losing sight midlife for me was something like getting caught up in, in Dorothy's tornado. You know, the house lifted, it was spinning around, and in mere seconds, I it it felt like I was dropped into this world. And I cautiously crept to the door, opened it, but instead of going from a black and white world into a world full of vivid color and imagination and and all these wonderful things. I went into a world of complete darkness and I had people telling me, Oh, well, you need to follow the yellow brick road. It's over there. Um, Things like that. Are you a good witch or a bad witch? (laughs) But as I opened that door and stepped out into darkness, I, I, had no idea what what a yellow brick road was, where it was, what to do with it, et cetera, et cetera. And for me, that's what losing sight midlife felt like. And I know that, you know, a lot of folks out there lose it slowly due to conditions like RP and Stars Guard, et cetera, et cetera. And there are folks that were born, you know, without any sight or very little usable sight. And so they, they come by their skills in in a in a manner where by the time they get to midlife they should be and and most most usually are very well equipped to deal with the world around us whereas those of us that that come to it mid midlife suddenly we're thrust into a whole new world it's 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 a new it's like going to another planet and and you have to figure out what's the language. You know where is where's food? Where's shelter? How do I get around? You know, how do I how do I access the things that I need and how do I do it as efficiently as possible? So I wanted to paint that picture before we dive into the conversation. I am very lucky and happy to welcome back Tyson Ernst. Hey, Tyson.
3: Hey, Anthony. And hello, everybody out there.
2: So tell us what you've been up to the last month or so since we spoke.
3: Oh, it's uh, so the last month has been for me. Working with ACB Radio, uh, coordinating and uh, successfully executing the Maryland Convention, they had an amazing convention, uh, and now just preparing. I'm uh, working with Rick Moran and on the Randolph Shepherd Vendors Association Convention coming up next week, not this coming, but the week after. And nice. then of course, leadership getting you know getting all set up and ready to do and participate in leadership.
2: I was just going to ask you: Are you particip- Have you registered yet?
3: I have registered. Yes.
2: Easy breezy process, right? <laughs> it's, I
3: mean, it's a piece. Literally, it was like five minutes.
2: Yeah. Awesome. And for those, you know, for those that are not technically savvy or have a, you know, have a hard time registering through websites, you can always call the main office and you can email Sunday edition. If you don't have the phone number for the main office and I will give it to you as well. Um, how about Magic Mike? What's going on with with your Magic Mike classes?
3: So we actually had an amazing couple of t- uh, couple of sessions um, back in uh, mid January. We had uh, Cliff Miller, who works with the the Tech Juggernaut, who does the Friday afternoon uh, Apple presentations. He's one of their trainers and a longtime Mac user. Uh, I actually started working with that team uh on his month of the Mac and then well not with that particular project but he does this uh a pickup show called um the Mac Cafe on the first Monday of the month and I think it's the first and third but uh I come in there and help him by answering some of the tech questions and researching things as he's looking as as he's getting questions. So kind of like a help desk um for people. But uh so I had him but then came just this past Wednesday, and we had this amazing guest on, Allison Sheridan. And she's a podcaster uh, with uh, her, comp- her website is podfeet.com. She runs something called the Nozilla Cast. She's been doing it since 2005, and she's fully cited, But she, uh, she, she talked with us about her journey and how she came to believe and, and uh, advocate that accessibility – it needs to be thought of from the ground up or to be brought into it so when she does her reviews of products on her uh reviews of apps or hardware or something like that she also includes accessibility when when it's appropriate nice
2: well to so the conversation at hand i um i painted a, a little bit of a picture of what it felt like to me and those those listeners who have listened to the past two conversations we've had know how you lost your sight but give us give us a little picture of how it felt as it was happening
3: uh that's that's a really tough one because it's you know it's this it was a time in my life when everything was was uh going very well. I had an established career was starting to pick up uh I was moving up within the company I was in, and all of a sudden just again it's like imagine being in a room for those of you who have again this and it's difficult to talk this way because you're talking something that some people don't understand. So if I say you dim the lights in a room, how do you describe that to someone who's who's never had sight? So but that's that's what it was like and and it was a matter of days so slowly I had things taken away from me over over that that week. Because my one I had had adjusted but the other one so it was like Going to, I'll, I'll I'll give it to you this. So you had a full plate, right? Full place of this at this really nice dinner. You know, you got a steak and and you have a baked potato and you got your sides and and that. And all of a sudden, someone comes up and takes away your potato, and then you have that. Okay, so then someone comes away and takes away, you know, your uh, sauteed broccoli, and you don't have that anymore. And then they come away and they take away part. So it literally was taken away little by little until you're left with this little tiny sliver of of something, and you're not quite sure what it is.
2: When was the first moment for you when you said to yourself, okay, I, you know, this is happening, you know, it's, there's not going to be a miracle that turns, you know, turns the hands of time back or, or, you know, or starts to give me back sight and I'm going to be okay. What was that moment like for you?
3: Oh, that, that took a long time to come to, um, that really came probably, I mean, it, it still comes in little bits every now and again. I'm not gonna lie, yeah. there are time, there are times when you when you sit back and you just go, there's this there I don't I don't know what this is gonna work out. I don't know if this is gonna happen. And you kind of brace yourself and grit your teeth and, and work through that that little moment of uh anxiety or you know going back down into the dark well. Um but you know, probably the, the, the big, big moment for me had to come uh about 10 years in, and I was still struggling with, I, you know, I, I went back to to, to college. I, I entered, earned a degree, and I still wasn't able to find any type of job prospects that were willing to let me work, and I went to the VA to get some, some new equipment and get trained on it, and in the process, uh, I met this uh, amazing person, Cheryl Schoenberg, who worked for uh, was my was my visually impaired services team coordinator, and you know I had I had gotten some some pretty good feedback, and and the VA in, in Long Beach had talked to me about, hey, we got this position opening up, why don't you put in for it? You'd be you'd be a phenomenal teacher, uh, you do really good with the vets downstairs, and so I said sure, I put in for it and got slammed in the face with the education requirement because my degree is in history, they want um, special education blind rehabilitation. So even though my computer skills, you know, were fairly high and technology skills were really high and I could can, I can teach all this, they said, no, you can't because you just don't have the right paperwork. <laughs> um, and, and I was pretty shut down right there. And you go back down to that little hole, of like, did I just waste, you know, four years of my life getting this degree for nothing? So um, when I was talking with her about that, she goes, well, have you ever thought about being an independent contractor? And I, and, and uh, she said, well, this is how you go through it. And you can work for the VA, just not have to go to work in the VA and you can do what you do at home. And that was probably the first time I said, you know what, the the light went on and said, this is what I can do. And I really got that first hint of like, okay, life is going to be okay because now I can do for myself as far as, um, as far as more than just survive, more than just Get up in the morning, take a shower, feed myself, and you know find something to keep busy during the day
2: yeah, you know you you're absolutely right i when I phrased the question and then heard you start to answer it, I realized, um even for myself it it comes in different stages uh for me, one of the the biggest moments was when I was up at guide dog school and and I had placed basically all of my bets on that on that point because the cane was not an extension as as many people had told me as I was going through the process that the cane would become an extension of my body, and I'd get used to it um from new York Italian boy played baseball I'm a fast moving fast talking person. The cane just wasn't doing it for me, and in my mind, you know I may not have wanted to you know verbalize the thoughts, but in my mind, I was basically at the point where if it didn't work out with with getting a guide dog. That it, it was it wasn't be worth living um, anymore. And uh, I remember taking that, that that first walk. They take you to a track at a high school, and um, you know you get the harness on, you get out there. They kind of hold you back, and you know you've already done footwork and stuff. And then they they basically say, "Go for it!" And um, it was like, "Oh my god, I'm back." Okay. You know, and that was that was the first of them definitely getting the internship with American Council of the Blind was, was a big one too. it was like, okay, you know, this is the this is the the first step on on actually finding a new way of having a career, you know, the career I had before, unfortunately, is not, you know, one that I can go back to in that way. Can I write? Yes. Can I produce, you know, news articles and in, in a 15 minute notice? No, not with all that good that's involved in it. So that's not, you know, not going to be a problem, a a path for me going forward. But having done the internship and knowing that you know the technology I've learned, I've applied it, et cetera, et cetera. Wherever I end up, I know I'll be a valuable asset to company or, or organization that I move forward to along the way. Um, so I wanted to to gear today's conversation to resources and more importantly, how to get ourselves, you know, the most out of the resources that we that are available to us, how to find them, et cetera, et cetera. And in thinking about it, I remember along the way that I, I came up with, you know, I'm gonna have to start making lists. Not only because as you get older, the brain just has so many things to focus on that when you're sitting there in a doctor's office or you're sitting there in front of um, you know, a commission or counselor. You know, you you forget half of the things that you want to ask, half of the things that you want to talk about because you get, you know, caught up in conversations about the first couple of things you ask. Or, you know, you're also thinking about, you know, it's snowing outside up there in the Northeast and I hope everybody is staying warm and safe, but it's snowing outside. I got to get home and, and the things that you, some of the information you really need to know, you know, you end up forgetting about. And then by trying to get somebody on the phone to follow up is sometimes a nightmare so I started creating lists and um, that that was one of the biggest tools for me. I would open up a note in my iPhone and, you know, and throughout the days before a doctor's appointment or an appointment with a VR counselor or all the different things, I would just, every time a thought came to me, I'd open up that note, I'd add it to the list. You know, I'd kind of clean it up before I actually sat for my appointment or whatever so that it was, you know, it was in a, um, a usable format. Um, but, for those For those days leading up to it, it was just free for you know whenever a thought came to me, I'd open it up, quickly pop it in there and then the night before I'd put it into a cohesive you know a cohesive bullet point outline and um I got along the way I started to get all my questions answered um How about you tyson what's you know what works for you in in um maximizing services and 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 getting the things that you need?
3: Okay, so I I really think as far as maximizing services is you kind of have to get that mindset of what it is that you're looking for. Um, And part of it for me is sitting back and and, uh, checking myself on it. So I I can turn around and say, I want all this stuff. I want all these things. I want all these services. And what you really have to do is kind of step back and go, why do I want them? What is the purpose of me getting this and what goal is it going to help me accomplish? So yeah. I think probably the, the the best way, if you're really going to come across the first thing you have to do to maximize anything you're going to do is set a goal. What is your goal? If, you know, if I need to get to from here to the refrigerator, you know, that's the goal. What do I need to accomplish that? And secondly, why do I need to accomplish it? You know, I'm hungry. I need to feed myself. There's the why. Boom. So how do I do that? You know, I can get up and I can go, you know, to the left, to the right. I can go around. There are ways to get there and which way is the easiest. and, And obviously without sight navigating, what's the least hazardous? What presents the least challenges but gets me to my goal? And I think that's how you maximize it. So, you know, someone who says, I want to learn Braille. Okay, cool. So you want to learn Braille. That's your goal. Commit to that. How, why do you want to learn Braille? What is it going to do for you? Because if you just know Braille and it has no purpose in your life, you know, you're not going to be independent about reading menus or you're not going to be independent about reading books or you use your iPhone to use books or, or a Victor Reader, Bard, something like that, where you're never going to use Braille. The time and energy spent in doing mm-hmm. that is 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 not manageable. Now, I say that as I am a huge supporter of the Braille Revival League. Okay, I think Braille is something everyone should know because you never know when you're going to use it but uh you know it it's kind of a juxtaposition in, in in positions really saying like you know why do you need it versus saying i think everyone needs it uh, i think everyone should at least learn learn grade 1 uh, no that's an, that's an
2: an awesome point um you know they told me in the beginning you you need to learn braille uh once i got through a through j i decided this is definitely something i want to know along the way but this is not the, the, this is not the best use of my time and energy at this moment. I learned A through J, which, you know, translates into knowing my numbers. So I can at least navigate around with that information, even if I don't have, you know, be my eyes or seeing AI or anything on me, I can still navigate finding elevators and rooms, et cetera, et cetera. I'll go back to Braille when, when I've accomplished the other things that are unfortunately higher on the list at the moment. Like getting a guide dog,
3: like getting a job. Right. You know, so, so yeah. So, so for me, relearning UEB uh, back about two years ago after learning it, after learning, you know, 10 years, 15 years ago, uh, I didn't have a certificate from anybody. So going through UEB in order for me to get things like Braille displays and, and that I had to, I had to accomplish that one, that was a step towards that goal. And and getting a Braille display in that is is uh, paramount in one of my steps towards being uh, independent, working independently and efficiently. You know, Absolutely. so so that's the thing about looking at what's the overall goal and what steps do you need to achieve it.
2: So I've I've definitely identified a few resources that I want to to talk about. But you are you're have a vast experience with the VA, um, and you are a leader of you were the president of our affiliate, our veterans affiliate. What resources worked for you through the VA and and for those that are you know veterans and have sight that issues that they need to deal with, where do they start?
3: Okay, so uh this is what's this is what's interesting because uh when I you know when I first lost sight, uh that was in two thousand the end of two thousand five, I didn't start with the VA until oh nine. And probably a little bit yeah but no maybe oh eight uh, and it was only because i didn't i didn't know at that point that i had i would qualify for services. I figured that you know i I'd been out for fifteen years um this wasn't this wasn't at to at that point I didn't understand it that it was connected to my service now I understand that it is um but you know, so I figured I didn't get anything and and luckily, I had an own instructor who did her internship at the v a uh, her O and mobility, her O and M internship, and she said, "Oh yes, you do," and she pointed me in the right direction of who to get in touch with, which is you have to go to your local VA and go to the um, uh, to the services office, and they'll they'll start the process uh, in in that. So and so really, visually impaired versus versus sighted in the VA is a world of difference. Um, The VA turned around and uh, several decades ago said, if you're visually impaired, you have full services. Um, They can be income based for the insurance portion of it. So I have VA insurance as well. Um, But as far as, you know, uh, getting training on devices and and uh, adaptive uh, type of equipment, that's all taken care of without any second thought to it. Someone with sight, however, has a little little bit of a different uh, approach to it. It's all going to be based upon how long they served. It's going to be based upon what their condition is, whether or not it's service connected, you know, that that, this, that the whatever they're going through started in or very recently after they had left the service within a year. Um, and they get denied a lot on certain things. Uh, the VA is very overloaded in certain aspects, as as much of healthcare. So, so um, a lot of the vets who come out of these things and and you know sight loss as a result of combat injuries and such is actually uh, while it ha- while well, it did rise during during the active war times uh, where we're now in more of a supporting role and still considered in war in a war theater those uh, those are dropping. Drastically, what we're seeing is is uh, vision loss due to exposure to things, as opposed to traumatic injury. Uh, very low, but yeah, most uh, a good portion of our vets within our affiliate um, are all due to age related um, age related eye conditions. So we have an older population.
2: And just remind folks, I know they can go back and listen to you podcasted versions of earlier Sunday editions, but just remind folks how they can get um information and or sign up to be a member of Viva.
3: okay uh probably the easiest way is to send an email to veterans of a c b at gmail dot com and uh just send an email member you know, subject line membership and uh, give us your give us your contact information and we'll we'll send you the uh, the application form and how to, how to get us uh, get that back to us. And uh, so for those of you who um, we are open to anyone who is uh, a supporter of veteran, of veterans and veteran causes, you don't need to be a veteran yourself. Um, but uh, if you, to be a board member though, with the exception of two positions you do. So, uh, but yeah, you can, and, and uh, we'll get back to you with the information on, 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 uh, joining the affiliate, we're in the process of updating and getting some uh, some means of of doing online payment. Awesome.
2: So you know when when trying to coordinate services for yourself, when trying to you know create the map that you that you need to take so you can get from where you are to where you where you need to be and want to be. Um, I do realize, and and definitely from past conversations on the show and conversations I've had in life that every state has a different approach. Um, Some states are way more helpful and advanced and and really have a program that that works well. Some states, not so much. Um, But I reached out to a couple of different rehab counselors that that I know and and asked for for some resources that kind of across the board will help people at least get a starting point. Um, One of the resources that was given to me was the American... Printing House, American Printing House of the Blind, uh, Connect. And if you go to their main page and look for their connect.org, if you hit in aphconnect.org, it'll take you straight to that page. And I, I played around with it. You know, I typed in uh, various different locations and, and things that I was looking for, and um, it's a great resource. American um, Federation of the Blind has an incredible resource section. Um, and, you know, getting online and getting, getting at least a base knowledge base of the things that you're looking for help you when you actually get to those appointments, when you're sitting there, you know, across the desk or virtually across zoom with, um, you know, with a counselor or, or with a, you know, a work rehab person, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But then I started to realize, um, and I'm going to call in Tom Babcock in a moment, Tom, if you want to get ready to unmute yourself. Um, I, I realized that right here, In American Council of the Blind, A, we do have a resource page that I know that they're trying to put together a little bit more efficiently, and and so that things will, over the next few months, we're going to see that page revolutionize and become much more user-friendly. But besides that, we have a main office. Uh, If you call, most likely you'll get Sharon Lovering to start with, and, and... if she doesn't know it or know who to to connect you with, then it probably doesn't exist. Um she's an amazing source of information and and most likely she'll pass you off to whoever ends up taking Claire Stanley's position and or Clark Rockfell, uh Clark Rockfell, um and they will give you whatever resources or whatever information for your particular states. But then I also thought about, well, you know we have all of these all of these chapters. All of these affiliates, state, local chapters, we have special interest affiliates like Viva. We have, you know, teachers, uh, lawyers, you name it. There's, there's something in the American Council of the Blind that can get you started as well. And that's why I uh, wanted to talk to Tom today too, because Tom, you lost sight suddenly midlife and you found the greater Orlando chapter. What was that experience like for you and, and where did you, you know, what resources and help from them really made a difference for you, Tom?
4: Um, well, good afternoon. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I, uh, well, my first year I was, uh have a good friend here, uh, Gary Sinclair. Uh, he lives in Orlando. He's been blind a long time and he's a veteran also. And that's how I sort of got interested in helping the veteran blinded veterans and uh when this happened to me my partner called called him and said I don't know what to do I don't know what to do with him and Gary said well first of all you got to get him into lighthouse and second of all you got to get him to join the GOCB <laughs> and uh, I said okay and that's and I did and it's how I met Sheila Young and uh the first year I think I just kind of sat and listened to what was going on and what resources were out there. And I really wasn't, um, involved cause I didn't think I could be, but then again, I, you know, like I agree with Tyson, what, what are your goals? What do you want to do? Um, and then I started sort of crawling out of that and getting involved and, uh, it's it's amazing because now it's like i can look up something on my own i can uh or i have resources at the council of the blind that i can talk to or send an email to hey what do you think about what do you you know what where do i find this and um just for example the other day uh, i think i was crying on anthony's shoulder (laughs) my email stopped working and uh but I did find out going through Be My eyes, and you keep swipe, uh, swiping to the right, you'll get you're going to get a a button to call Microsoft, and uh, they can look at your screen, and they helped me a lot, and they updated my computer, so it was like I felt kind of a little proud of myself because I did it, and uh, it was a, it was a great resource, and they were very helpful, and they were uh, my computer's running fine. Am I getting my email? And uh, he explained a few things to me and, uh, it was amazing, but it felt good because I found the resource and I did it and I figured it out and got to talk to somebody about it. Um, that's what kind of the GOCB meant to me. And, and then being around other blind and visually impaired people and sharing stories was a great help. And now, uh, uh, I'm you know moving a little further into ACB and uh, trying to find all the the right emails for the veterans. If you could uh, say that veterans email again to join, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, or, or just email it to me because I would like to join that group. And uh, but yeah, remembering a few things is a little difficult sometimes. But you know, uh, and 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 Anthony, I did I did like you. Know, I started making. Uh, I heard you before say that and I started doing that and if you the list I made and then once I go do it I cross it off then you feel like you've accomplished something you you know you feel a little bit more normal you start to feel I can do this and I can live with this and yeah you know there's days that I just can't stand being blind but there's not a thing I can do about it so I have to move on and that's what I talk myself into to move on and learn more things and I'm Learning things every day now, which is amazing.
2: You know, next month, um, they I, I want to continue this conversation for for the next couple of months for different aspects. And next month, I want to talk about decided people in your life, friends and family, and and who stays and who may have backed away and things like that, and dealing dealing with those type of um those type of things as you lose your sight. But um, along those lines, in the beginning, and and this is for both of you, I'd like you to weigh in. Um, how how did you feel asking for sighted assistance and has it changed along the way from from the beginning of your journey to where you are now? Um, especially those those tasks where you just can't find the button. I know recently they, they updated the Amazon, um, the Amazon, the look of the app, I guess. I, you know, I can't say it, so I, I don't quite know, but things were not where they were the day before and I'm like oh man and and after about 25 minutes I'm like you know I'm I'm driving myself nuts there's be my eyes there's Ira and and right. of course there're sighted people in my life you know why don't I just ask somebody hey you know how, where did this button go and and how do I you know how do I do this now that they they changed it um Tom Tyson how about you guys
4: um well I it, it it is frustrating uh but I don't I don't really seem to have a problem uh if when I'm a, around somebody or friends, uh, they kind of jump in and kinda overhelp sometimes. Is that does that make sense? It does. Uh, uh so a lot of times and then sometimes I'll get, Oh, where did I where did I put my shoes? and someone will say, Oh, they're over there. <laughs> really? Really? You know. Mars uh, Jupiter where? <laughs> yeah, where? Yeah. Which way? Uh but uh no, it's, it's if there's something you know that's really I think if I get really frustrated with I'll ask I'll ask for help. I I'm not I'm not afraid to ask for help. Um I'm just like trying, you know, now 3 years into this blindness, I think I'm getting a little stronger with myself to ask myself first what okay. How can I uh how can I accomplish this? How can I do this? And uh, so I, it, it's 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 a process, and it moves along. But uh, if I if I need help, I, I I will ask.
5: How about you, Tyson? Has it evolved for
3: you? Oh, it, it's completely evolved. Um, when when I first when I first had lost vision or sight, I hated it. I hated having to ask anybody for anything. I was always very, very independent, uh, figured things out on my own. Um, You know, if I, if I had to ask for something, it was, it was always because it was beyond my capability or I didn't have the tool or something, you know, like, you know, I didn't have a garage to tear down my engine. So I got to take it in to the mechanic, you know, those kind of things. So having to ask somebody for basic skills of just like, So I can't cook ground beef now, you know, that kind of thing. When you first, when you first start out your journey is, you know, you feel like you're just the biggest burden on the world to everyone Uh around you. And, and I don't care. You know, it's, I gotta, I walk that back. I do care, but you do get to a point where, where you just don't want to bother anybody because you know, it's going to be a hassle. You're waiting for that person to give that big, you know, that here we go again. What are they going to need? Um, because really, we're we're almost like you know infants. You know, we we really need so much because we're supposed to be adults and we're supposed to be independent of living and you know feeding ourselves and, and all these kind of things. But you know, to to a small degree, we can, We don't think about things when we're sighted from a non-visual standpoint. Right. right. So we're having to relearn an entirely different language. Right. And, uh, and we need help along the way. We need someone to act as a translator. And, and, you know, until I got to that and this, this again was, you know, not too far into it, but I'm, and I'm totally comfortable with it now because I have the skills to negotiate that Um, because there were mental barriers that you, that you stumble across. Like, again, you, you don't disturb someone because you feel like you're disturbing them. You don't want to be a burden on somebody. So you just, Suffer in silence without, and you it's know, it's once you get past that, yeah. you know, that you realize, like, okay, so if I don't ask for this, I'm not gonna have it. And I, I, I tell people, people who talk to me, know that I have this kind of a a thought process is, if you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. You know, because if you ask and you don't get,
4: you're no worse off than you were before. Yep. Yeah. Um. Again, Tyson, I, when this first happened to me, I, yes, I was angry, but I think oh, yeah. I got more. Uh, I got scared. I got really yeah. scared,
5: and
3: uh, I think that's part of that's that's part of what brings up the anger. Is you know when when we go through that that fright emotion, that that really wells up, you know, and morphs into anger as to this thing shouldn't be able to frighten me right i should right. be better than this
4: right and we don't especially count. when you especially when you've led a pretty active life on your own and right. pretty independent and all of a sudden your world stops mm-hmm. and uh i got scared and then i got it was it, it within the first six weeks oh you're gonna go to miami uh university of miami and bass and palmer and they're gonna reopen your eye and they're gonna do this and this and it's gonna be you won't have clear vision but you'll have some vision okay i'll go and got there and then again i was scared angry and then uh the big disappointment there's nothing we can do and it's like okay now all this anger is going to really start coming out now and uh but as you evolve as i evolved you know you know three years uh i'm learning it's okay to ask for help but it's also a really good feeling when you help yourself in with the resources that I have now, the iPhone and different things on my phone and uh, my laptop and Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> and all the GOCB. <laughs> yeah. And all the GOCB. You feel, you got you know, the, the anger start, is dropping away. I'm still fearful at times. Um, but, I feel a little bit more confident in myself that I'm going to be okay. I mean, this is the way it's going to be. So I got to make the best of it. And I'm going to be, I'll I'll be, I'll be damned if I'm going to be unhappy. I'm going to be happy. And I'm, and I'm going to, and it's, you know, it is a work in progress, but I talked to some, since we last talked last month, I have talked to a couple of people about uh, mental health, and for suddenly going blind and
5: yeah
4: uh, it's been a good so conversation it doesn't exist well it's been a good conversation at least i'm opening up uh some people I talk to the- opening eyes so to speak yeah yes yeah. yeah uh they weren't aware of it they were not aware of it and uh i talked to the president nfb uh the local chapter and i've talked to uh Matter of fact, I had a conversation with uh, Lighthouse, Kyle Johnson, yesterday. And he he said something positive that he would try to, he agreed with me and would try to pull a committee together at Lighthouse. And I said, I would like to be part of that. So, but with us not saying anything, we're not going to get anywhere. And I think, I'm glad I opened up the doors for some people, or maybe I opened the door up for myself. But I'm going to be a very advocate about this, and uh, because it's a lot of emotions. Pe- uh, sighted fa- friends and family don't really realize what you're going through. And
2: uh, I think, you know, as important or or slightly more important, we don't actually really comprehend what we're going through. There's so much that we have to do every day just to just to stay alive, just to yes, you know to yes. to keep keep moving forward that we really don't we don't know what we're going through till you know there's moments where we look back and and start to realize oh you know that's what i was feeling when this was happening or that's what you know that's what was going on and that was the block i mean how many times you know guys have you accomplished something you know i i came down to florida and i was used to gas stoves my entire life um (laughs) came down to florida and it's electric and it's It's all
4: electric here Right. wait
2: a minute, you know, what am I going to do? And, and, and this heats differently. All of a sudden my sauce is sticking to the bottom of the pan and, and it kept moving off of the exact area, et cetera, et cetera. I, you know, and, and I realized, okay, you know, let me, let me, when the stove of course is, is uh, not in use, let me get a real feel for it. You know, let me put my hand against the side of the stove to, so this is where I'm going to, this is where I need to make sure the pot is going to be et cetera, et cetera. You know, but that light bulb moment, like, you know, three weeks of, of not being able to cook the way I was used to cooking. And then suddenly it all came. And it was like, wow, you you know, and that's, that's one silly (laughs) instance. But when the light bulb moment comes, I started to think about, well, why did I, you know, why did it take me three weeks? Because I'm stubborn. Yeah. Yeah. Because I thought I, you know, I know how to do this in this way. So why should it be so much different in this way? And if I had just gotten out of my own way, then I, I would have, you know, I would have had three weeks of, of better food, <laughs> a lot better food.
4: <laughs> I would. I, I, I agree with you because I was uh, I did all the cooking for years, all the cooking. And uh, I like it. And, I, you know, it's fun. And, you know, if you are, uh, you know, I'm not the greatest cook in the world, but I made some pretty good things. Um, we're still alive. So I haven't killed anybody. But you're right, Anthony. I think I got in my own way because I was afraid to touch that stove for a long time and now i'm getting back into cooking and i thought you know how silly you know there's other ways to do things there's there's a little crock pot that i use there's this that i can use um i'm using the oven now again and uh but you're right it's just i think i got in my own way about cooking and doing some things around the house and when i the other gentleman i was talking to he asked me a good question he goes well what is your passion and he, said, and he said, well, what was your passion before you lost your eyesight? And I said, you know, uh, gardening, a little landscaping. I really enjoy it. it makes me, you know, this and that. Uh, he said, so what's stopping you? And I went, you know
5: what? Nothing. Go out." He said, go out and try. Go out and dig
4: up a flower bed. See how you do. You know, people are going to awesome. tell you, hey, that looks like doesn't look very good or hey that look that's that's great but keep doing it and i have been doing that and he said just do your passion and exercising and bike riding or another passion he goes you can do it you can continue to do it and it's like you know you make sense where where have you been for three years (laughs) but uh i think sometimes we do get in our own ways a little bit because we're a little fearful of doing something that we used to do and uh realize that we can do it
2: you know, I'm, I hope these conversations—you know—they're in podcast form, and and eventually, I'm gonna put together a package of them so that they're easy accessible. What I'm hoping these conversations do is is to be available for those that are coming into this the way we came into it, and and for some inspiration, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we spoke about the grieving process in the last conversation, um, and and we're touching on it again. I, I think the biggest the biggest piece of advice that I'd like to to put out there is is first and foremost, you know you will you will if you want to, because there are people that choose not to, and and that's their path, and God bless. but you will get through this and you can continue to move forward. You don't have to be stuck at wherever you are when this happens. Um, having said that, all the resources in the world are not going to help you if you're not ready for them if you're not mentally prepared and i wish i really wish you know almost five march will be five years for me um i wish five years ago one of the doctors the rehab counselor i wish somebody my mobility instructor anyone would have said to me you know you want this you want that you're working you want to get back to work you're not going to be able to handle all that until you handle your emotions how you're feeling who you are and are you the same person you were? Are you a, a different version of who you were? Who do you who do you want to be? And and come to terms with all of those things. I you know, I had said for a long time, I I, I lost my mojo, I lost my sexy, I lost mm-hmm. my masculinity, I you know, I felt like a shell of of Anthony, like you know, like some zombie version. The body's still there, the mind is still there, but it's not it's not a cohesive working package anymore. So what am I?
5: yeah you, you know and,
2: and unfortunately the answer to that for for too many too many times was i'm nothing you know I, i'm not earning a paycheck i you know i can barely feed myself i can barely get through the day i'm nothing I and agree. if somebody had sent me along you know along the beginning of my path hey you know you need to deal with these things and and you need to look at it you need to grieve it you need to understand that you're the same person with a different set of circumstances and and you're never you know you're not the same person that you were last week whether you're sight or not every you know every experience that happens to you makes you you know evolve evolves you as a person right so do you want this to drag you back or do you want to continue to evolve and be able to to maximize your life with this added um. Situation in your situation, sorry. Right. probably right. a much better way of wording it, but
4: tongue tied. Yeah, yeah. well, nice. for a good a nurse, a nurse. I'm sorry, I'll just say this real quick. No, go ahead,
2: Tom.
4: Uh, when I was in the emergency, uh, getting prepared for, to put my eye back together, uh, this uh, nurse said to me, "He goes, well, Tom, your life just took a real sharp left turn." He goes, but you know what? You're going to make it. And this is when I was, I was laying on the bed, getting ready to go to surgery. I said, I hope you're right. And you know what? He was, he was. Yeah.
2: No. And you know, it's wonderful, actually, That that's a double-edged sword. Um, because it's wonderful when everybody tells you you're going to make it, you're going to make it, or <laughs> the dreaded, you're going to be okay. Uh,
4: well, yeah. That
2: well, one. you know, that's wonderful and, and, and all well and good. And thank you for the support and the platitude, but how am I going to be okay?
4: Yeah. Stephen, I don't even you know
2: how to make ground beef right now. Yeah. Stephen, you know, <laughs> yeah. Tyson, you're, you know, you're in this, the longest of us, and you're also teaching and, and, you know, guiding people through their journey. What are the things that, you know, you tell people as when they come <laughs> to you for advice, or, or more importantly, instruction, etc, to get them to get them ready and maximized for what you can give them?
3: I think for me, you know, that, that's a that's a question of of talking with that person. If if in talking to them, if they're kind of telling me that they're that they're you know that they've got their their sight set on something that they've got this, or if I say, "So what is it you want to do?" and they're 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 shooting five different things at me and they can't focus on one and they don't, that tells me they're not ready. Um, I've also i've I've talked with them, you know. I'll ask him questions about, you know, how long have you been there? Um, how do you feel about being blind? About having low vision. You know, what is that, you know, what does that do for you? How what other skills or what other support mechanisms do you have in place? What is your what's your family life like? You know, um, I had this uh I had the the uh, the chance encounter, I, I went to a rehab program with a young lady who um she went there and she had, she had a lot of difficulty navigating, learning how just even a hallway was, was tremendously difficult for her and getting to talk with her, myself and, and my friend who was there, you know, we would sit down and talk with her and, and we learned that her family life, she would be, because of her culture, she would be sat in the corner. And so all these things she was learning, she never had reinforcement for on the weekends and she never had encouragement. And if you don't have those, you know, that's where we start to look at what is, you know, how do we get someone ready to just to be or to live life as a visually impaired person? You know, uh, how do do we get them to go through those stages or to help them, assist them through it, not force them to go through it, but uh, say, you know, these these are, uh, and that comes with, everyone's different. You know, even even the way I would advise upon it is different from the way someone else would. So yeah. I, I think it just comes with a personal awareness of of where you're at in your stage. Look, asking those asking them those questions to get an idea. Uh, so again, if if I teach them, you know, okay, so you want you want to go to school, right? You want to go back to college. And all right, so cool. Do you know this? All right. Uh how do you use your computer at home? Well, my wife or my boyfriend or you know, my my brother looks up everything on the web for me. Okay, well that's that has to stop. You know, because mm-hmm. you're you're no longer going to be independent. Now you're you're not taking what I do to use it. Um are you ready to do that? Are you ready to be I often ask people, are you ready to be frustrated?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and and what are your what are your problem solving skill what's your problem solving skill level that's you know, exactly
3: that's you know, T- you, Tyson, you know, th- but those are all those are all skills that we come built with some people you know from from young in life have a very sustained ability to problem solve some people at 60 have no idea how to do that And yeah. so so Careful. that's not that's not coming from a that's not coming from a uh a visual impairment perspective, that's coming from a personality perspective, but you know, you can help people develop those though. You know, you can help, you can give people the tools, the skills to problem solve through specific things and, and allow them to adapt. You know, there's, I recently just, I'm actually going through, as we're talk um, through training with my, with my new equipment with the VA and we're doing it virtually. But you know, as as skilled as as I would love to think I am, I'm learning new things, and it's and I was telling him I I need to learn this particular thing because I know it's going to apply to other things. So if I get that foundation, then I can work the other things. I have the ability to work the other the other things on this, you know. So it really comes down to 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 giving people as as um, as a support mechanism. To really understanding who that person is, and to start assisting them with the tools, so that they can assist themselves.
4: Yeah, you said I, you said one question that no one, professionally, friendship, or has ever asked me. How do you feel about being blind? Yeah. I think that's an amazing question to ask somebody, especially when they're don't right now. You know, three years ago, I said I'm I'm crazy. I I, I can't live this way. Now I'm different, but I didn't have, no one asked me that question. And I think it would have been uh, mind blowing at the time. Thank you. I think it
2: it would be mine and see that's something I want to advocate for in, in all vision related services that, you know, along the way you should be asked that question repeatedly. And you should be asking yourself that, that question repeatedly because it, it's a shifting, it's a shifting feeling. Um, But it also tells so much, you know, if you're sitting in front of of a VR counselor for the first time, you know, the answer to that question should also help them determine, you know,
3: where you're at in your
4: your readiness to do what you need to do. Correct. That was, that's just an amazing question. I I was, when you said that, I went, oh my. Yeah, that would have helped a lot. You know, I. In my um, in my
2: mobility instruction, I remember at one point, you know, we were doing uh, three different routes that that I was used to, that I needed to do, that I had done when I was sighted, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I was stubborn, very, very stubborn. And at one point, you know, we got on on a bus that was not calling out the stops, et cetera. <clears throat> and so we're sitting there, and and I was used to my mo. Her name was Carol, great lady. I was used to her, t- you know, telling me, okay, we're two stops away. Start getting ready, et cetera. Um, And so we're on the bus, and we're going too long. It it, 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 it we it has to be that we we already. Passed. And I said, Carol, shouldn't we have gotten off already? She said, I don't know, should we? And I'm like, Oh no, okay. Um, Where are we? Well, how do you know? And I started. I pulled out the an app and and figured out where I was. Okay, what do you you know? We had to get off the bus. We're about five stops past where where we needed to go. What are you going to do now? And, and that was one of the, that, that was another one of those moments for me where it was like, okay, you know, I can either, you know, do the extrament or get off the pot. (laughs) And I had to to do what I had to do and, and figure it out. Um, yeah. And, and that was one of the greatest, greatest things she could have done for me was, you know, was, was force me to figure it out by myself. Um, you know, of course she wouldn't that's, let me walk into the street and get hit by a car or anything like that. But oh, basically of she was like, not, yeah. No, at and this that's... point, you have the skills. Mm-hmm. Now you need to know how to apply them when you're in a situation where you're not going from point A to point B that you do every day or every couple of days. Yeah.
4: I agree and with I was, that.
2: But that's how I needed to learn. I yeah. don't think I don't think some people that I've encountered would would do well from that from that learning style.
4: I, I you know did. that
2: would put them in
4: right yeah. i did i did because i live with someone that does not baby me and does not i mean he of course was when this happened horrified just as much as i was but now he said if i would have shown you how horrified and scared i was for you i don't that wouldn't have done you any good so when i got my yeah. when i got my white cane he would take the dogs out front and down the driveway and i would start out the garage he would stand at a curb and say, you can do this. Come on, follow my voice. And we start going down, you know, go down the driveway. He goes, okay, which way is is the woods? I said, he's always been to the left. He goes and turn to the left and start walking. So he, you know, just like you on the bus, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Where are you going? What is this right now? Okay. And I had to figure it out. So I, I'm kind of, I'm very grateful for that.
2: Iron, I want to um, ask you if we have any hands up or anybody waiting to add comment or question to the conversation.
0: Let's see, can you guys hear me okay? Yes.
5: We can. Okay.
0: Good <clears throat> deal. Uh, I don't see any hands up right now, but if people do want to go ahead and raise their hands, feel free to do so.
2: All right, and, and we'll can you, know you know just uh, pop and see? Hey, can you pop and see also and see if Shane Lowe has joined uh, the waiting room yet?
0: I do see him here, yes.
2: All right, awesome. So we're going to transition um, in a few moments. I want to give Tyson and Tom the opportunity to to uh, give any last words on how we spoke, um, what we spoke about today, and um, invite you guys back next month where we talk about the decided people in our lives and, and how we navigate and what works and what doesn't work, etc. Uh Tyson, go for it.
3: Uh I'll probably go back to what we were just talking about, you know, do that self-examination, ask yourself, at, you know, how do I feel about being visually impaired? And give that really kind of an honest answer to yourself. And if you don't if you don't like it, to 100%, if you're not completely satisfied, what needs to change? And then set the goal to what goal mm. do you need to accomplish to make that change? And then running back to what we talked about about goal setting, goal setting and steps to get there.
2: Awesome. And you'll be with us the first Sunday next month to, to talk about navigating relationships with your sighted family and friends.
3: If you send me the link, I'll be here. <laughs> All right.
2: <laughs> yeah. Tom, any, any final thoughts or, or words of, of, um, encouragement for those out there who are going through what we went through recent, not so long ago.
4: Uh, yeah. Um. Well, it's nice to talk with you, Tyson, and listen to you uh, once again uh We always send me a, lot, a great deal of information uh, It's just that, yes, you know you you do have to reevaluate yourself and what your goals are and what you want to do um, I'm sort of in a lucky position. I retired early, and you know so I have a lot you know I'm at home a lot I don't have a lot of time on my hands but I use that time to learn something new i use that time to listen to a podcast and uh keep uh you keep evolving you just keep evolving and you're going to walk through this and find out things oh that works so i just think set your goals and try to educate yourself as much as you can
5: well thank you both gentlemen
0: it thank do. You. I like you oh, do have a raised thank hand. You. Uh, you've got a couple of them. I don't know if you want to take them now or.
2: Yeah, we'll do a couple um, and then we'll transition to Shane.
0: Okay, Who's up first? Um, Terry, uh, you are. You have just been asked to unmute. You should be able to talk. Go ahead and unmute yourself and introduce yourself.
2: Terry, going once, going twice. All right, Byron. Who's next? Hi,
6: Terry. Hi, it's Terry from Claremont, Florida. Hi,
2: oh, Terry. Hey, Terry.
6: <laughs> Terry. <laughs> I thought I was muted, and I had been unmuted. <laughs>
3: yeah.
6: First yeah. of all, I want to say I could not um, not say thank you for Tyson and, and Tom, and of course, being a Terry that the three T's unite. Um, everything you guys have said today is so true. I. You know, being in the medical field and having to become the patient um, at work when I lost my eyesight, it was completely devastating and very traumatic, not knowing what was going on. And then the second part is, is when I went into the other side, when I started vocational rehab, I wish someone would have just took my hand and said, are you okay? What is going on with this process? And no one asked me that. And for 32 years, I was the one that would always reach out to the patients and hold their hand. And I never had someone do that for me. And it took almost two and a half years before I found ACB. And I had been in rehab for a year and a half. And all they kept saying was, we're going to help you get a resume. I'm like, well, I, I don't need help yeah. with that. And I know we talked about that, Anthony, but um, yeah. I'm super excited, Tom, even though I'm an at-large member of FCB, I would be honored to work with you um, in getting the awareness we need to realize that it's our eyes gave out, but not our spirit.
5: Right. And I think that's
6: the part. Um, I was such a vivacious 45-year-old when I lost my sight. I was making almost six figures. And yeah, it's what I make in a month is what I used to make in a week. And yeah that is a big yeah. change in lifestyle and um, we need That's to make awesome. that awareness for our community Did you yeah.
2: Terry did you um did you reach out for any sort of of mental uh, health support or pastor in a Did you reach out for your emotional stability to just to, to someone for support for that
6: I did but it was through my own health insurance when I went to um, our state um, the Division of Blind Services, there was kind of like yinging and yanging. Um, when I went to um, my rehab center, there was yinging and yanging because it all depended on my personal health insurance because of my age. And so I did it on my own with my own doctor. And so I, again, everything else I had to do, I had to do it on my own. And luckily, right. I'm a fighter. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, but Perry- it. it It should be part of your, it should be part of your, when you get um, question, when your intake occurs, there should be a scale of one to 10. Like when you come in with chest pain in the hospital, what's your scale of pain from one to 10? What's your pain scale? What's, you know, why don't we have that? How are you doing today? Why aren't we looking at mental health scales? Okay. So I appreciate everybody, but I got to say this before I get off. Go guys.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> parmesan chicken
6: wings terry <laughs> yes garlic parmesan chicken wings and happy awesome. national uh alfredo um um alfredo uh day all right bye
0: who's day. up next all right looks like we have uh derek next derek i'm gonna go ahead and ask you
1: to unmute okay, i believe I'm, I'm, I'm unmuted, unmuted i'm gonna lower your Can hand we- all right can there we, we hear me? We yeah. can. Hi. Great. Hi. How are you guys doing? Thank you for a wonderful show. Um, I've been going blind for about 10 years, but uh, this show has brought to me, uh, today's show, a lot of insight into things that I'm aware of, but really it it hammered them home. So thank you all, everybody. Um, the thing I would like to say is I, I'm lucky in that I've been losing my eyesight slowly. So each change in eyesight uh, was a a huge adaption, but I I had time to get used to learning to cope with it. Uh, That said and done, I was seeing a counselor who was very good, and she was uh, legally blind to the point of very, very, very low vision. And... Uh, back in those days, I had better uh, eyesight, uh, far better than I do now. That's it and done. She used to say to me, are you feeling everything yet? And I'd go like, I'd say to myself, well, I don't need to feel everything because I can still see enough. But anyway, when my, eye, when my eyesight uh, got really bad, Uh, About that same time, she passed away from cancer. But what she told me before she died in one of our visits was that she would walk home on certain days of the week. Just It was about a three-mile walk on a major road, um, and she, with very little eyesight, did it. And that, for me, was a day where I had that aha moment. And I went, you know what? If somebody like her can do it here I am somebody that's climbed mountains jet skied across oceans uh, done crazy things in my life and here I am feeling sorry for myself why and it was that particular day where I just said my motto is changing my motto used to be as a young person was adapt or die and then After that day, it became like the Marines' motto, adapt and overcome. And I think the day I took that adapt and overcome attitude was the day I really moved forward. And I started to do things that I hadn't done in like six months. For example, go walking five miles uh, around my neighborhood that I could no longer see anything. And for me, it was just a, an absolute amazing, uh, an amazing transference. And all it took was me just having that that uh, low vision slash blind uh, counselor saying to me, are you doing this yet? Are you doing that yet? But it was only when I learned that she walked home and she had very, very low vision. And I went like, wow, wow. Yeah. So for me that was an amazing thing and it really it changed my life.
2: Well thank and you. It, I hope yeah. you come back next uh next month, the first Sunday of every month, we'll be continuing this conversation. Byron will do two more and then we'll get to Shane and Super Sense and Super L R. Who do we okay. have next?
0: I don't see any more hands raised. Um so I'm gonna go ahead and play our promotional Uh, middle of the show material and then uh, move on to the next
2: thing, I guess. We'll be right back with Shane Lowe. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Tyson. Thank you, Tom.
4: You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Nice to talk with you, Tyson. Same here, Tom.
3: Yeah, we'll definitely get together. Yes, we will.
7: To sign up for our announcements, send a blank email to radio dash announce plus subscribe at acblists.org. That's radio-announce plus subscribe at acblists.org.
2: All right. Well, Sunday edition is back. Um, I just want to follow from the previous conversation. The, uh, the resources that I mentioned, plus a whole lot more, I have, cal- um, I have calibrated and put together. So there is an email address that you'll hear at the end of the show. I'll say it quickly. Celebration, with my initials, ac at aol.com if you um if you want more information or links for those resources um or you want to be connected to anyone who is a guest on the show, just hit up that email and I will forward that information. So I am very happy and uh, excited to welcome Shane Lowe to Sunday Edition. We're gonna be talking super sense and super uh, light l r, but first, um, I want him to tell us a little bit about himself, and he uh, mentioned. In the promo that he gave me about himself, his four year old. So tell us a little bit about that uh about that four year old and what's uh every parent has their their uh aha, this is my kid's personality story. So what's um what's his aha moment for you where you first felt his <laughs> personality? <laughs>
8: so I think they, first of all, thanks so much, Anthony, for for having me and, and everyone here. This is a lot of fun already. I've been I've been enjoying the conversation. Um, so <laughs> the the first the first story I can think of is when I was explaining blindness to him because he's completely sighted. And I was talking to him about it. And I was explaining like, oh, yeah, daddy's eyes don't work. Like my eyes are broken. He doesn't miss a beat. He runs to his tool bench, picks up a hammer and a toy power drill and runs back to me. He says, I will fix them right away.
2: (laughs) I am a a super uncle plus and I don't have my own children. But um, I remember when my nephew, who is now eight, um, when I got my guide dog. I didn't realize how much they assimilate. you know, I did the same thing. My eyes are broken (laughs) and, and he was, he was by osmosis learning, you know, to help me navigate rooms in, in in new houses, et cetera. But I, I was listening to him playing with his friends and he was telling, he was telling them, you know, that they can't, they can't talk to the dog when, or touch the dog when, when he's in harness. And, and one of the little girls said, well, why does he have him? And without a beat, my, my nephew said, because his glasses don't work anymore so the dog helps him find uh, find things (laughs) and it wasn't quite the right answer but for you know for a a five-year-old it was perfect
5: yeah why not yeah amazed yeah Yeah. absolutely I think I think
8: Kacen was two when when he had that revelation that he could fix my eyes with his with his drill and his hammer so these these hilarious revelations that kids have I love it
2: so Shane, tell us, tell us a little about you. Where are you from? Um, how did you get involved with, um, with SuperSense and Media Mediate? Yes. Am I saying that right?
8: Yeah, Mediate. Yep. Okay. There's Mediate yeah. and there's Mediaite, uh, which are very different. Mediate is, is uh, the company that I work for. Mediaite is a, is a news outlet. Um, we, so I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, my fiance oh, is from Boston and i got the job at mediate because she worked there first she interned with them when they first started because the we we've always been a really community oriented company so we started the company started looking for interns before our first product was out interns from the blind community because we were you know trying to integrate And get real feedback, because everything that we were doing, you know, we wanted it to be useful. So we were really becoming part of the community. And so she started working for them. She works for them for, I don't know, six months or so. And she's about to start her next semester. She's a a music performance and education major. So she is unbelievably busy, if you can imagine. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the work at mediate is ramping up because you know we we just came out with super sense on android at this time and we were preparing to develop super sense for iOS so we were doing customer research we were working with our current android user base to figure out what people wanted we had this whole array of stuff to start developing and um so they were they were putting more on her plate and she was like listen i got to i got to step out i need to i need to put in time for my education and uh they were like, "Well, do you know anyone who who might be interested in working with us?" And she was like, "Well, as a matter of fact, I do and uh, we got connected, and um it's, it's been a hell of a lot of fun ever since.
2: Well, I'd be remiss since you you know since you said, um, you know word of mouth is how you got in. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask um are there internship opportunities, and if anybody out there is." interested in in being a part of the company where would they look yeah absolutely
8: so we, we're always integrating with the community you know we're always we always want to talk to people and hear perspectives um one of the most popular things um that we are fortunate enough to be asked now is about beta testing um our super sense beta testers are full we've we've um Got lots of super sense people on that. We are looking for people, though, who want to test out super LiDAR. So if you want to take a look at super LiDAR um, and let us know what you think, I would love to be in touch. You can reach me directly. My email is shane at mediate.tech, S-H-A-N-E at M-E-D-I-A-T-E dot tech.
2: All right. So we're going to talk about super LiDAR in a few minutes. Let's Um, do it. But SuperSense, let's start there. And you know, I'm not going to mention any actual names, but there are other apps out there that are geared towards the same set of of goals that um, that SuperSense is. What sets SuperSense apart from what else is out there?
8: Sure, let me. So, so I'll tell you one the one thing that sets us apart right off the bat. Um, and and I will say names because these, you know, a lot of people ask us, you know. What about Seeing AI? What about VoiceStream? What about KNFB? And these are all okay. companies that we have a, a lot of respect for. You know, we don't we don't view these companies as our competitors because we're we're community driven. We're here to make the best product that we can. We obviously want to make an amazing thing that's going to be useful for the most people possible. But we're also incredibly transparent. You know, um, you you can ask you can ask me anything today, and if I can't answer it, I'll tell you I can't answer it. You know, there's we we are here to be part of the community, to be open with the people that we're working with. And it's it's us, you know, it's the blind people. Um I'm blind myself. I don't think I mentioned that. But it's it's us who drive what Super Sense and Super LiDAR are, are because without us, you know, it's there's no market. It's useless. So we're we really don't view these guys as competitors because we're all learning from each other. Now I think that sets us apart because as a blind consumer um I really I'm really careful about and this is a whole different discussion I'm really careful about you know what I buy because I mm-hmm. I believe that we vote with our money we express wow. what matters to us in the business world with the money that we pay so I support companies uh funny enough like the one I work for who are really open and discussion-based, community-oriented, because that's what I like in a business, that that social focus, focus on society. Um, we're going to hear your suggestions, and the most popular requests are what make it into our app, what make it into the next updates. Um, technically speaking, you know the technical part of your answer is the first thing I can throw at you is our smart scanner. The smart scanner allows you to pick up documents, short text, currency, barcodes and objects by default without hitting a single button. It's completely automatic. Oh, it's so channel. your efficiency yeah. is already going up. The app is incredibly simple, so you're able to scan tons of stuff without hitting too many buttons because we want it to be simplistic and universal. Our document reader is again, I'm 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 not I'm not even talking to you as a salesman right now. I'm talking to you as Shane Lowe, the blind guy who uses assistive technology. Our document reader is the best one I've ever used. You know, maximum I get one or two errors per page when I use our document reader. It gives, you know, simple guidance directions so they're easy to follow to help you get a really good picture and then because you get a really good picture, the picture is really accurate. It's doing all that technical stuff in the background but it's talking to the user in plain English. Uh, We have a more diverse range of sharing options for anything you can share, anything that you scan for with super You can save it. You can interact with it. You can export it as a PDF. Um, you can click on contact info directly from within super We have a read history function in case you forgot something and you want to go back to it. You can import 400 page PDFs. You can scan handwriting. You can scan any written language with the document reader. Um, so there's, there's tons of different things I can point at.
2: So the handwriting, um, I think a lot of people are interested in what's your, what's your um, accuracy percentage for scan, scanning handwriting.
8: It's tough to throw you a straight number on that because everyone's handwriting is different. So the more precise someone's handwriting is, the more it will align with printed text, typed text. Um, You know, that one error per page, two errors per page maximum. If it's sloppier or if it's more kind of artistic, you know, it'll struggle a little bit. It's definitely not perfect uh, when it comes to handwriting. That's one of the things that we're kind of making regular improvements to as we find ways to optimize reading handwriting. We're adding those to the document reader just, you know, on on a casual basis as we come up with them.
2: What about outdoor signage?
8: Yeah. So that depends on where the sign is. Um, I've had pretty good luck reading signs actually with the document reader. Quick read is a little bit rough with signs because again, it's the fonts, it's the, the weathering, you know, of being outside. So sometimes you have a little bit of trouble with quick read because it's instant. It's not doing any processing like the document reader would. But in general, you will have some pretty good luck with scanning signs outside.
2: Alright, hold on one second. We have um we have some background noise. If you can mute yourself, please, whoever's using Jaws. I would thank you so Looks much. Looks like they got right. it. Yeah. Nice. Awesome.
5: <clears throat> what you want to Oh there it is. Use... <laughs>
2: Byron, you think we can identify Alright. So what do you use sense for the most?
8: <laughs> oh man. So Two two things I probably use it for equally um, in the pandemic time. Um, if it was outside of the pandemic, I used it most when I was traveling. I'd use the object explorer to find stuff. Um, because, you know, if I'm in a, in a hotel, that thing will show me the the reception desk. It'll show me people if I need to ask for assistance. If I'm in an airport, same thing. I can look for counters. I can look for doorways. Um, I can look for available seats. I can look for staircases, escalators, um, all those things. So I like to use that when I'm traveling, if I'm looking for something specific. Um, Now that I'm in the house more, I find myself reading lots of mail. Um, So I'm scanning, I'm scanning envelopes, I'm scanning packages, looking at, you know, the sender, who who it's addressed to, these kinds of things. And then I've also been scanning books. So one of the cool things about our, our document reader is you can scan, you know, multi-page documents into the same, into the same file. So, um, I have these, this massive collection of historical fiction books that I got from old, an old friend. And, um, I want to start reading them because not all of them are on, you know, places like bookshare, uh, shout out to bookshare. I love them. And, (laughs) um, so I've been scanning these, they're, I don't know, like four or 500 page books into the multi-page reader. And then you can export those to PDFs, accessible PDFs. So that's another thing I've been doing a lot with SuperSense. Um, oh, and uh, we we also just got a new air fryer, which has opened up some new things that I want to cook. So they're newer things, not haven't been in the pantry as long, so I don't really have a system to organize them. Specifically, so I've been using our barcode reader a lot for that. We have the uh, one of our one of our databases is the the us barcode database, so it recognizes most any product in in the United States, so it's really good with that
2: that okay that is something that i'm gonna to have to play around with more for me um just you know as a point of reference for everybody who's listening my favorite thing when i you know as as a, my whole life basically whenever i would buy in it started out with cassette tapes and then you know graduated to cds and of course i do love vinyl just the sound and quality but that's yes. i digress as i usually do but um one of my favorite things to do was to pull out the little booklet you know who wrote the song? Who's singing backup vocals? You know who's playing I love the liner guitar? Notes. The liner notes, exactly. So I have been pulling out some of my favorite CDs and and creating PDFs um, and remembering. Oh my God, George Harrison played on Belinda Carlisle's "Leave a Light On" album. Um,
5: you know? Did he really? And, and Seriously? Yeah,
2: yeah he played. That is cool. Guitar on three songs on on um, the album's called "Runaway Horses." The, the single is uh, "Leave a Light On." Um, yeah, actually, on that album uh, was George Harrison, Paul McCartney was on it. Uh, Brian Adams, uh, he actually duetted with her on a song called "Whatever It Takes." And of course, I'm going to shout out. She's one of my she's one of my goddesses. <laughs> but um, I digress. I'm again, a big Brian that's...
8: Adams fan, so I'm right there with you.
2: Oh, that he sounds wrote like the a song, hell of a Whatever at. it takes. Yeah, it's a great song. Go check it out. Um, he also Absolutely. wrote Celine Dion's "Let's Talk About Love," which was the title uh, song on that album. But, I didn't um, know that. Again,
8: if yeah. you if you want to look, if you want to hear a great live album, I highly recommend to you Brian Adams' live at Wembley Stadium. Oh my god! Amazing yes. live album.
2: <laughs> yes.
8: Unbelievably good.
2: Um, oh my god! What is the uh, what is the song? Do I have to say the words? The version on that album is amazing.
8: Oh my goodness. (laughs) Unbelievable. Unbelievable.
2: So let's transition. Uh, Let's transition to um, Superlight LR. But let's talk about... Okay. I'm going to ask one more time. Can everybody else who is not myself, Byron, or Shane, mute yourself? Because we're getting feedback and it probably sounds really horrible over the radio. Thank you. Um... Let's talk about the technology behind it, and um, of course, I'll ask the dumb question that I already know the answer to. But it won't work the same way on anything other than an iOS device that is uh, an iPhone that is twelve, um, the twelve generation. Correct.
8: So it only works on lidar-equipped devices. Um, currently, the only devices that are lidar-equipped are the twelve Pro the 12 Pro Max, and the iPad Pro. The good news there is that we are almost positive that Apple is going to be putting LiDAR sensors in all of their new devices starting this year. So as you upgrade, you know, more LiDAR-equipped phones are going to be phased in as people keep upgrading and more phones keep coming out.
2: So tell us about the technology behind it and and why it's so revolutionary.
8: So... LIDAR is actually a really old technology. It's been around since the 1960s, if I remember right. And what it does, LIDAR is the best. It uses light waves to measure depth. Um, So it can measure the environment around you. It can measure obstacles and how far away they are. And it can also identify, you you can use the features of LIDAR to uniquely identify what objects are as well as how far away they are. So if, if you think the way that I think, this is an immediate way to change the way that we navigate, the way that we travel, the way that we analyze our environment as blind people.
5: Um, and the way we social course, distance.
8: Yes, that too, that too. So I, I will say, of course, the cane, the guide dog, your own senses are always you know, your first line of defense. They're always... Your primary source of information or about the environment. Uh, I use a cane and echolocate when I'm traveling to get info. However, when you incorporate super lidar, and it completely relies on lidar technology, so unfortunately, it won't work on anything that isn't lidar compatible. But what it will do is, it's it's feedback oriented currently, so it, it focuses on obstacles. It will. So, the way that that I use it, you know, I'm traveling, cane in my right hand, phone in my left. I've got it pointed straight ahead of me. The field of view on this phone, these cameras, is incredible. It can see about 15 feet out. And it can see about 4 feet square. So, it can see up above where my head would be, you know, if I'm holding it at my chest level. It can see below, like down where the cane is where your guide dog might be, and it can see off to your sides. And so it will report with aud- audible feedback with pitches. It'll start out with some beeping. You know, if the area is completely open, it'll just beep quietly. And then if it sees something far off in the distance, it'll play like kind of a higher pitch. And as you get closer to that obstacle, it the pitch will get lower until when you're four feet away or closer, the phone will also vibrate in your hand and it'll report we're adding more objects to it, but it will, if it recognizes the object, it'll report what that object is and how far away it is as well. That includes it, people and whether or not they have a mask on.
2: If it doesn't recognize the object, will it tell you that there's something there and it doesn't know what it is? Or does it just um, not give you feedback yes. to that? It,
8: it tells you something's there. It just won't tell you what it is. Okay.
2: Okay. Um, For me personally, I think that, you know, the wave of the future also is mapping. Um, Are you guys working on including mapping features into the two two apps?
8: Yeah, absolutely. Super super LIDAR is kind of taking on more of the navigation direction, and Hmm. SuperSense is more of the scanning direction. So the mapping stuff goes into Super LIDAR. Our goal, you know, because I've seen, you know, there are some incredible apps, you know, that have really have really paved the way for blindness navigation technology you know on smartphones but the biggest problem is that they rely on business owners usually to create those maps and so there's there's a mm-hmm. tremendous expense involved either for a venue owner or the company or the customer somebody has to pay this amount this this sum of money that is either ordering technology in or sending in a human being and paying for their flight and their hotel and their meals and all this stuff to map these areas out. So there's there's this tremendous cost of money and time that goes into this. And as a result, the coverage of those apps is really small, you know, compared to the whole of the world of the earth. So our goal is to incorporate mapping technology Ways to map spaces and give information and feedback about spaces, including directions, without requiring anything from business owners at all. We don't want that um, because we want the coverage to be as universal as it's possible to be.
2: Awesome. So walk us through. Um, you, you download from your App Store or your Google Play, etc., etc., etc. You download SuperSense. Walk us through getting started. How and I already know the answer, but you know, this is for our listeners. Sure, How sure. easy is it? Or of
8: course. So SuperSense and Super LIDAR they look a little bit different. Um Super lidar is completely free. Um SuperSense has a little bit of cost involved. We have this human flaw of uh needing to eat, you know. Um so we really <laughs> appreciate your support, you know, when you when you subscribe to SuperSense. And and that is why Super lidar is free, because we have so many supporters of SuperSense. You know who are who are helping us out and funding our research because we do a ton of research. Um, that's how we're able to try to solve these problems that that other apps or other other companies haven't been able to solve yet. Um, so with Supersense, you have to make an account. Uh, you have to register. Um, it's a really quick process, but that just helps us know how to tie your subscription to you, so that if your phone crashes and you need to get a new phone, you're you can still have your Supersense subscription. Connected to your Apple ID, um, and then there's some little onboarding stuff. You know, there's a tutorial if you want to look through that, or if you want to just jump in and get started, you can skip the tutorial, uh, and then you're live. You're in. You're in with SuperSense
2: and Super LiDAR.
8: Super LiDAR is essentially the same, except I don't think you have to make an account. I haven't tested the latest, the latest, latest release because I don't have a 12 Pro myself. Um, but with Super LiDAR, I believe there's when you open it up for the first time, there's a little help screen. It kind of shows you how the app will work. It describes that to you. It reminds you that you know this is a secondary source of information, make sure you rely on your own senses and your, you know, your, your cane or your guide dog primarily. Um, and once you're through that, you're in, you, you're able to get that info. Excuse me,
2: Byron, um, let's, uh, let's look and see if we have anybody with questions at the moment.
8: Absolutely. While you're taking a look also, you can uh, request tech support or help from SuperSense and SuperLIDAR immediately, you know, from within the app. It'll submit your phone number and I'll give you a call back. So if you have a question or if you have an idea, we always want to hear feedback and suggestions as well. Feel free to request a call and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. If you're not able to make it on the show live today um, or if we run out of time, do feel free to reach out that way.
2: I also don't have a um, A12 Pro yet, um, and I probably I'm gonna wait and see what the, the next generation, what other features are before. Yeah, um, will Super Light R work on older models?
8: No, is there unfortunately are there any
2: functions that will work?
8: No, nothing because it it compl- what makes it unique, well, what makes well, it useful is the lidar technology. The before lidar, the iPhone cameras themselves weren't capable of determining accurate enough distances. That's why we never put distance finding in the explore and find features of SuperSense, uh, because the iPhone cameras weren't good enough. So we have the we have that in Super LiDAR, but what makes it revolutionary is the LiDAR.
2: That actually opens a question I hadn't thought about: Will um will the LiDAR technology on the the 12 Pro and the iPad um will that enhance the exploration feature of SuperSense itself?
8: No, I don't think SuperSense takes advantage of LIDAR at all when you're using Explore and Find. We're actually, our developers just last week started going in and making enhancements to our Explorer, though, in SuperSense, so it's very possible that that could be one of the things um, that they're adding. They could be doing that. Also, in um, in case you don't know, you can download SuperSense uh, from the, the App Store or the Play Store. You can search for SuperSense one word AI uh, to get that app. And then in the App Store, you can search for Super LIDAR. That's two words, Super L I D A R, if you want to grab that. Um, and of course, we have lots of blog posts. We talk about we talk a little bit about SuperSense and Super LIDAR, but mostly we talk about, about other interesting stuff. You know, um, we talk about audiobooks, we talk about uh, accessible gaming, we talk about navigation, all kinds of things. You can see it on our website, supersense.app, where you can follow our social medias and sign up to our newsletter and all that stuff as well.
2: And it's a, you get a 30-day trial to to use Supersense before you actually have to commit to um, to supporting the company via research the donation via um, an actual account, correct?
8: Supersense, SuperSense gives you a seven-day trial and then you're able to yeah then you're able to pay five bucks a month 50 annually or $100 a hundred dollars for lifetime and you know that'll include all the new features and all the bug fixes also by the way uh this is the perfect time to bring this up just for listening to this show uh as a as a thanks i really want to show my appreciation for for you listening to me talk about this stuff um reach out to me um either via email S. H. A. N. E. at mediate. tech, or request a call within Supersense or Super LiDAR, and I'll send you a promo code to get a free month of Supersense. Um, awesome. Just as a thanks for for listening to me babble at you for an hour.
0: Anthony, it looks like you do have uh, two hands up. You've got one from uh, Derek and one from Owner. So let's do Derek first.
1: Awesome! Welcome Thank back, Derek. So Thank you. Um, nice to meet you, Derek. Should... Yes, same here, thank you for a great uh, information session. Thank um, you. I I uh, did these seven days free, and I played with it a lot during the, se- not a lot, but somewhat, during the seven days. I found one flaw, and again, this is probably going back a month and a half, two months maybe, uh, I found one flaw that I found in some of the other apps. Uh including Microsoft one, and that is when I try to scan a barcode um it on 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 let's take a bottle that is round. I have extreme challenges getting it to sometimes recognise anything on a round uh bottle or a can or whatever. How does your app uh overcome that if you're able to at all?
8: yeah, absolutely so. I I have a, I've had a similar problem, you know, when scanning those kinds of things. And so what I, what I did actually was one of the blog posts on our website is where to find barcodes generally on certain types of products. Um, So I just went to the store and spent a couple hours there scanning different things, figuring out where the barcodes were. And for bottles like that, usually they're closer to the bottom end of the bottle where the seam is, where the seam of the label is. That's usually the general kind of description. Um, Also, the way that our barcode scanner works is, you know, it it gives you some beeps to to tell you how close you are to the barcode. The faster it beeps, the closer you are. So, I start by holding the phone about a foot away from the product until I get those preliminary beeps. And then I move my phone just slightly closer, like I'm zooming in just a bit toward the barcode and just kind of move around based on the beep feedback and that usually gets it even on those round ones.
1: Right. I'm I'm with you and I've done all of that, but every now and again, I just have, I have an object, whatever it may be with a barcode and it's round that no matter what I do, I hear the beeps, I, I move it so that the beeps get stronger. And I know that I need to get either a little closer or a little more to one side or the other, but yet it just, I can spend 15 minutes sometimes. Uh, I'm exaggerating, wow. probably five minutes, you know, but to get it to read it. Um, 15 minutes was an exaggeration. Let's take five minutes being realistic. And it, uh, you know, I just, I just, I struggle with it. And at that point in time, I open, be my eyes and I, uh, I have somebody tell me what's in the can or the bottle.
8: Right. Right, absolutely. Um, Is it a specific product that this happens with more often? I
1: I can't really answer that question because I've not really been concentrating enough on what it is. Uh,
8: Sure, no worries.
1: But I will. I will. I will will, uh, definitely do that in the future, and I'll let you know if I'm seeing any patterns with. Please do if you see any patterns.
8: Anything that we can research on, I would I would love to do that. I would love to look into that. We're doing some work on our barcode reader as well, so that if it doesn't recognize the barcode, you can add a label manually if you know what the product is, or if you can get another app to tell you what it is. So you can add a label within Supersense. Um, so they we we might be able to pretty easily jump off from that feature to add extended report uh, extended support for some of those round containers. So that's a great idea. Thank you.
1: Sure, you welcome. Well, I can just, uh... Yeah, sorry. Go oh, ahead, go ahead David. no. Go ahead, finish. Uh, the last, the last question on that is: I have an iPhone Seven Plus, which is moderately recent, but it doesn't have the camera ability of, let's say, the 12s. Uh right. Would the camera ability of the 12s somewhat overcome the problem I'm having? Could it be related to the camera on my phone? Uh, as to it's re- possible, you know, the- yeah.
8: It's possible. I don't. I don't know how likely it is. Um, how long ago did you get your phone? How long have you been using it?
1: I've been using it for give or take about uh, two years now, and I keep it totally updated to the latest iOS versions.
8: I think I think there's a chance of that. I, you know, I'd say maybe a, maybe a 10 to 20 percent chance that the camera could be factoring in. Um, you know the, the 12 cameras are definitely they definitely have a wider angle. So it's very possible that you know when you're scanning a barcode with a twelve that that camera is going to be able to see at an angle that the seven would not be um so that that's that has potential that could potentially be um part of the cause there
1: yes, and I imagine it is without getting into too long a story, but I notice as I'm scanning uh i'm if I move my phone a little bit to the left or the right, the signal definitely changes, the beeping. Yes. But it still, it still doesn't bring me back what I need. So based on that, I have to assume as I'm moving it left or right, the camera is somehow not seeing that curvature where it's missing maybe the first bar on the barcode.
5: Yeah. Right, yeah. There's got to be what something there suggest. with the angle. You
2: know, there's two things I want to say in, in response to that. First, um, you asked, you know, are there specific kinds of, of products? I find, for me, I found that if the barcode is printed directly to, especially metal, um, it's much harder. Uh, and if it's a clear wrapping, which, you know, those of us with no sight at all wouldn't know that, but, you know, having known kind of types of products like Aquafina, for, uh, for instance, you know, is a clear, it's a clear wrapping on the bottle. So the barcode, you get you know, you really have to play with the light. Um and you know, if you happen to know that the light is behind you or the you know, it's if you're in the supermarket, you have to play with how the light is hitting the product as well. Um and Derek, just a, a quick um thing for you to try. I always I always tell people, place your phone in in your left hand and make the L um it with you know, with your forefinger and your thumb. And if you hold it up, hold that, you know, um, that L shape with the phone to the bottom of your chin, the camera usually is, is, um, placed where your eye would be. And then it's an easy way to orientate yourself as, as you're trying to find things, what, you know, what your eye would actually see is what the camera is seeing at that point. And like Shane said, start off with about a foot, um, a foot away.
1: Right, yes, yes, I will do that. Thank you. And on that note, Anthony, uh, maybe we could throw this out as a question to the group. Does anybody know of any sort of head mount where you could slide your camera into, put it on your forehead and that way you don't have to be holding the phone when you're using something like a seeing ai or a or a you know super or a, even a um even the um seeing ai not seeing ai the uh, ira and or be my eyes because just having two hands available would make yeah, a world Derek. of difference you know what?
2: Hit um email me offline. You'll get the the email address again at the end of the show. Um, there are some mounts. I don't know about head mounts. Um, but there are some mounts that go around around your neck. Um, some that work really well. Yeah. Um, you know, there's extender arms and and it really you know you're gonna want to play with them because some of them are interestingly bulky etc um i I know that lighthouse in miami i don't know if all the lighthouses do this but lighthouse in miami has um a lot of those products that you can try out and and play with so you you could start with looking at your your local lighthouse and ask um if you can play with mounts there are pouches there's a lot of options i know i i actually heard a story recently where someone had um an old tweed jacket um, of, of their fathers. And it had a nice, the perfect size pocket. Um, and they, they cut a hole in it, uh, you know, and, and did some stitching or whatever they did to, to, um, to, you know, not fray and not cover the camera with, with any extra material or whatever. But then they slipped it in the, in the jacket and, um, use that as, (laughs) so there are a lot of creative people out there. Um,
1: but like I I said, the next phone is
8: the same size as that phone.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Derek. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks. (laughs) Thank
5: you so much, man. It was good to be. We had
1: another hand.
0: Yeah. Um. Before we go to the hand, I just wanted to tell you guys. I actually had a baseball hat that had a standard camera mounting. Um you know threaded screw on it and so i really bought a, um <clears throat> i bought a mount for my iphone that would let me put it on a standard tripod screw and i was able to screw it onto a a, a baseball hat it was called the cam hat it was totally cool
8: that's kind of neat yeah that's that really is cool neat.
0: yeah please send um
2: please send us a, a link to that i i'd love to, to be yeah able i'd love to, to experiment,
8: experiment with that actually that'd be kind of cool
5: with
0: that. yeah definitely yeah. Well, it looks like we have a hand up, um, the person's name, I'm sure it's not their real name, but their name on Zoom is Owner, so whoever Owner is, go ahead and unmute, you should be able to talk.
2: If you are on an iPhone, it is at the bottom left of your screen, if you are on... Oh, this is me, this is
4: Tom.
0: (laughs) Hey, Hey, Tom. Tom. Hey, Tom. Welcome back. Nice to
4: meet you, man. Nice to meet you, and I'm I'm just fascinated by listening to all this, but uh, I'm three years into being blind, but... And I'm somewhat technically challenged, but um, I guess my question—I think you answered my question. I have an iPhone 6s, so I guess I need to update before I can use these. Is that correct?
8: You can use SuperSense um, Super on Sense? your 6s, I believe. What do you know? What version of iOS you're running?
4: Um, the latest of fourteen
8: point three. Oh, oh yeah, you're you're good to go then. You'll yeah, be able to use SuperSense it's... no problem. Super LiDAR though, you would have to have a 12 pro, a 12 pro max or an ipad pro. I'm sorry.
4: But okay, so I just go to the app store and uh you said like I have to make an account or you know. Yep, just go to the app store, search for SuperSense
8: AI, okay. SuperSense one word and then AI. Um and you'll be able to download the app from there and it's really simple. It'll it'll give you some really simple things to do. Yeah, so I'm, no I'm
4: really excited about trying it out. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, so, you much. so much,
8: man. Let me know if you need anything. I'm always happy to
0: help. Thank All you. It right. looks like you guys got a 614 area code with their hand up.
7: What's up? 614. How are you? Hi, how are you today, Shane? Um, Doing well, thank you so much. My name is Shirley. And the reason oh, hey, for Shirley. my call, um, I listened to you the other night on a program and at the time, um, you said that you uh, thought the super sense, uh, would work on the Polaris, um, And I have another friend that's a lot more tech savvy than I am. And uh, so she tried it before I got a chance to, and she said she could not download it on the um, Polaris that supposedly um, your website or something like that says you have to have um, like Android 6.0 or something like that or above. And I believe that Polaris uses Lollipop, which is an older version. So I don't know if ah, you've actually tried yes. it on the Polaris or not, but it's something I, I would be interested to have you check into.
8: Yeah, that, that was my worry because the we, we designed it. You know, we, we came out with SuperSense for Android um, almost two years ago now. And so at the time, we designed the, the Android release for the Polaris and the touches as well because we, we knew people would want to use it on there. Um the, the the problem is as we updated SuperSense to take advantage of some of the great enhancements in Android updates, the note taker the, the tablet note takers um you know, I think just, just based on how their infrastructure works, did not update or th- I don't think they're able to update Android platforms. Um, right. So that is definitely something that we, that we need to look into. I, I have no idea actually how they handle updates. I know that I think it's the, it's either the Polaris or the touch plus, um, one or one of the two is using the, the latest version, um, or, or is using the latest version out of the three note takers. Um, so I need to test. Yeah, they're make, using
7: the or... Braille Touch. Um, is using a newer version. It's the it's newer. not okay. the latest version. Um, I know ours is a little bit older, and mm-hmm. um, so uh, you know, even though they've been doing updates to the unit, um, right. they haven't so far Updated been able platform. to actually you know update the right. Yeah, right. Hopefully so, they'll do that. That's something you you might you know want to check into or look at because. Um, you know, I was kind of disappointed, especially after hearing you on the program. So I thought it might be a good thing for you to know, or at least check out, um, you know, for the future or before you, you know, talk with other people more about it. So Absolutely. I would be curious I, I, that's in keeping up with what do. you find out.
8: Tomorrow. That's the first thing I'm going to do in the morning is I've, I've got a couple friends at HIMSS. I'm, I'm 100% a HIMSS guy. I love my Braille. Yeah, sense
7: That's what you said technology. the other day. That's the reason I debated all afternoon, whether to call you and talk to you about it on here or not. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, no, no, every I, opportunity I, lo- I love to hear a great
2: opportunity stuff. For, for advancement or, you know, maybe even possibly okay. you can check Well, I with, appreciate
7: um, that. And also the, the gentleman who was on a couple minutes ago, who wanted to know about, um, you know, ways to use the phone with lanyards and things like that, that, that individual does know me and he's, you know welcome to contact me cuz i can probably show him a couple of things or give him some ideas you know that would work nice. quite easily with even see through type uh cases with lanyards that you can put your phone in Do you, don't you think cool. with the
2: lanyards that um you, you know you get too much um bounceability or what you know when you're you're moving and that it, it, it um offers too much distraction for the camera for the apps well, it's, it's not a,
7: t- that a totally ideal solution, but it works better than some other things I can think of that the only one I've really tried to use it with at all, to be honest with you, or you need something like that is, uh, you know, is Ira. And sometimes you do have to, you know, take your hand and, um, you know, manipulate oh, the, uh, yeah. the device a little bit, but it's still a whole lot better, you know, than having to try to hold it the whole time. You know, where you need both hands to do other things. So it's a compromise. On
2: Shirley's original point, Shane, I wonder if you can ask the developers if there's a way that the company can um, mediate, can give them, an, can offer an older uh, version of SuperSense for the various devices that um, are Android based that are not updatable to current Android software.
8: Yeah, absolutely. That was kind of what I was thinking along along the lines of as well. And also just learning more about the Polaris framework and how or if they intend to update that base platform. Just to just have a and, build a closer relationship with with him because I you know, I've been connected right. to them for a long time and they really are a wonderful a wonderful group of people. And you guys so,
7: do not have a a phone number that we can reach you at at all that i know of do you and I, and that's the problem yeah, yeah absolutely. You can't put the app on our phone absolutely. you know there's no way to call you from the app
8: oh yeah no no you can you can you can call or text um you can reach out the number is uh i'll give you a second to to get ready you can you can reach out call text email you know however you like reach out to you ready
7: um just about go um yeah no worries yeah, hang on a second here no i'm worries. really I'll sorry give- I, yeah no I no so you're going to do that so Take um, your time just throwing curveballs balls.
2: testedted minutes after after um after we're finished yeah so i'm ready i'm ready go, go ahead sir yep
8: absolutely go ahead so sir. you can so you can email the email address is s h a n e at m e d i a t e dot t e c h
0: or you can okay. call
8: or text plus one five zero two
7: 435-2671. That's wonderful. Thank you. That's what I really wanted. Thank you. I would like Absolutely, to uh, no keep problem. up with you on this. Um, Please do. So I may try to call you in the next couple of days and then I can give you a, do. a phone number, which obviously I can't do here. Um, sure. But we'll we'll do that. And, and well, that way, you maybe don't you want to give your phone number on to what the internet? No, I don't think so. Not today. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> but Thanks for the offer. <laughs> Thank really you well. very much. I appreciate your time. By Thank you. Mean, are
2: there any other hands? Yep. You've got uh,
0: Diane is waiting in the wings. Diane, you are already unmuted. You should be able to talk.
5: Hey, Diane. Nice to meet you.
2: While Diane is unmuting um are there any any differences between the i o s phone and using it? I did not think to even put it on my iPad and play with it there,
8: not hugely um the cameras of course differ a little bit, but you really won't notice a quality difference. Of course, the iPad is going to be a little bit less convenient, you know, you're gonna be yeah. holding the entire iPad up above something um as opposed to the phone, which is going to be more maneuverable, but you won't notice a quality difference unless you have like. a a very you know older iphone and a very new
5: ipad or vice versa diane did you get unmuted yeah it's weird
0: diane is unmuted but ain't nothing coming through so
2: diane going once going twice all right shane last um Less thoughts and give those contact. Give that contact information again and um, tell them again about that uh, offer for Sunday Edition listeners.
8: Yes, absolutely. So a, f- a few things. Remember, first of all, please check us out, SuperSense AI on Facebook and Twitter. Follow us as well, supersense.app app um, on the website. You can follow our our newsletter there. Um, if you want help, if you want to give feedback, suggestions, training, uh, anything at all. If there's anything that you need or want to tell us, feel free to email me, s-h-a-n-e at mediate.tech or call or text 502-435-2671. You can also, um, if you'd like, feel free to, if if you like the app, please feel free to rate SuperSense on the App Store, post a review. That really helps us get the app out to more people. Um, seeing the app on the app store. So if, if it's something that you enjoy and you think it's valuable, do feel free to do that. If you have any problems or complaints about the app, please reach out to us. You know, we're, we're always working on fixing things, um, adding suggestions, new features. We update the app every week to two weeks usually. So please reach out to us if there's anything that we can fix.
2: well, I will definitely say finding keys. <laughs> we need a, a, a little bit more, um, a little bit more help finding keys. <laughs> so before we go, Super Bowl today. Do you have a team in the running or does not matter much to you? And what is your favorite Super Bowl food?
8: Um, I'm gonna have to go with I'm gonna have to go with barbecue wings. Um and honestly i i didn't know until about a week ago that the super bowl was even today i had no idea so i i, I don't even know who's playing is it the bucks is the it's bucks the, yeah is it's that the one
2: bucks and and you know i honestly don't know either cuz <laughs> do you I playing? Don't know
8: maybe <laughs> maybe the chiefs is it the chiefs i have no idea is that even a real team the a, Chiefs
2: is a team. I'm not sure if they're in the Super Bowl. And I know that the halftime show is the weekend. It was kind of cool, yeah. but, you know. The
8: weekend and, and Ariana Grande, I believe. Yeah, the yeah. halftime show is what I know more about than the uh, – <laughs> I'm, I'm
2: just
8: I'm – just, honestly, I'm just a music fan. I'm here for – I'm going to be setting up a new soundboard when we get out of here listening to uh, <laughs> little Roger Waters. Ooh, so it's going nice. to have a good time. Yeah the, yeah, the live album of The Wall, uh, live at Berlin. It's an amazing – amazing album it's got a full orchestra full choir so the choir is playing on one side of the berlin wall roger waters the band the orchestra is on the other side and then there are also other bands that come up and play certain songs from the wall then they have like this all-star stuff so they're like a bunch of people playing together for certain songs it's it's this incredible production
2: wow i've got to check that out i'll you and do. I'll throw one back at you. Um, the Moody Blues live at Red Rocks is an amazing. Which one? Oh, yeah. the, the Moody, Moody Blues? Blues. Yeah. Oh, they're live amazing. An amazing. Oh my amazing God! Concert.
8: I'm here for it. Live at Red Our... Rocks. Got it.
1: Uh, so, hey, Byron, guys. We... Yes. My apologies. I just got a Super Bowl trivia question. How many minutes on average in an hour long uh, American football game? Are they actually moving and running out of 60 minutes?
5: Uh, I would go with five.
1: Uh, Twelve. And 12 12 minutes in an hour. Can you believe it?
8: Well, yes, I can definitely believe it. Between all of the commentary and the beer commercials, there's not much time for actual gameplay. Exactly.
0: You guys are buttoned up against the clock
2: here. All right, Shane, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Shane. Thank you for that awesome Sunday edition offer. We'll be back next week with another awesome Sunday edition. Have a great Super Bowl, everyone. Be safe. Thank you. You've been listening to Sunday Edition with Anthony on ACB Radio Mainstream. For more information, questions, comments, feedback, suggestions, etc., please email CelebrationAC. That's the word Celebration with the letters AC at AOL.com. Look forward to hearing from you and let's brunch again next Sunday.